You're listening to locally produced programming created in KUNV Studios on public radio, KUNV 91.5. The content of this program does not reflect the views or opinions of 91.5 Jazz and More, the University of Nevada, Las Vegas, or the Board of Regents of the Nevada System of Higher Education. All right, welcome to another episode of Let's Talk UNLV at KUNV 91.5. I'm your co-host, Alicia. And Tanya. Listen, today we are talking about breast cancer because this month is Breast Cancer Awareness Month, Tanya. Oh, absolutely. And it's a subject worth talking about. I think we need to talk about it more. Absolutely. So before we kick off on this delightful and informative (laughs) topic, uh, can we talk about weekends? Yes. You know, we used to start off the episodes. We're talking about our weekends and now we're just jumping right into it. So let's get into it. I have to be honest and say um, I didn't do like anything adventurous, like, you know, go hiking like I would normally do or um, go out to eat or hang out with family and friends. No happy hours, no things like that. But this weekend I did more of like, um, what do they call it? Binge watching TV. There is an episode on Netflix. I'm not promoting anyone, but I, I did watch this episode on Netflix and it deals with blue zones where Mm. they go out and do research. I guess it's more like a documentary. They go out and do research on individuals that different places within the world where people live longer than 100 plus years and they go in to kind of investigate how are they living so long? Why are they living so long? And they share with the audience. And so I was thinking, man, I might have to get out of the United States and go to some of these blue zones and drink from the fountain of youth because I want to live long. But when you watch it and I don't want to be a spoiler, spoiler alert but I encourage if you have Netflix watch it it's dealing with blue zones where people are sharing um, best practices on how they're living a hundred plus years or more and they have several people in the community not just one you know and here in the United States we're like yay we have someone who lived a hundred years but these are pockets of places within the world where a large population of people are living more than a plus 100 years. Oh, wow. That mm-hmm. sounds very That was incredible. long-winded, wasn't it? No, no, no. <laughs> but I have to say this. When you described your weekend, you said, I didn't, didn't, didn't. My mm-hmm. thought was, so you had a restful weekend for you. You know what, Tanya? That, make that point again. Yes. That and I was and I need wonderful. It. You know, sometimes I equate rest with boredom. You know, I'm like, oh, I'm not doing enough because I'm so used to going from, you know, 100 miles an hour. Mm-hmm. But no, rest is good. And you're teaching me that, my friend. You're teaching me the power in resting so thank you for bringing attention to that yeah that sounds like a wonderful weekend mm, what about dedicated you dedicated to self and yeah. self-love <laughs> so you know um it's so funny i like you i i, I took this weekend to sort of like decompress mm-hmm. and calm down and just have a good restful time frame so what i did was what i normally do is i had moments where i danced around the house mm-hmm. um, <laughs> as always i i went for a walk like i just like strolled and by walk, I mean in the backyard, and I just walked in circles because mm-hmm. I needed the air. Um, <laughs> <laughs> no adventures walks. And then I kind of took the opportunity to catch up on some of my favorite shows. And I've learned, and, and maybe this was like a COVID-19 holdover situation, mm-hmm. but I've learned that I really love watching shows about other cultures. Mm. I really enjoy seeing the differences in how we film and what we focus on and so forth and so on. So I've been watching um, the show called Reservation Dogs on Hulu, mm-hmm. which is amazing. It follows a group of kids on the reservation. And so it's not a documentary. It is, in fact, a show. But the thing that's magical about this show mm-hmm. Filmed by, starring, produced, and directed by a, a completely 
Native cast. Oh wow! Now that's rare. I know that is so rare, and and it shows, mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. it shows, amazing, and it shows in the ways it's and it's beautiful and it's breathtaking and mm-hmm. there's learned moments, and um, I, my another new favorite, which believe it or not was recommended by students and faculty alike, was Ted Lasso. Oh wow! Now what's that about? So <laughs> Ted Lasso is is interesting. So Ted Lasso is about uh, an American gentleman who leaves America and comes to, to um, coach soccer who has zero experience coaching soccer, doesn't mm. know anything about mm. um, soccer at all. But he comes here with this really beautiful, positive spirit and attitude. And the thing that I love so much about the show is that I smile, I laugh, yes. it touches my heart. It's it's beautiful. It's, mm-hmm. a sto- it's a show about people like loving each other. You know, we can always find conflict, Mm -hmm. but it's so hard to find shows where good people are being good people. I love that. And Ted Lasso is a good people being good people show and has moments of redemption and joy and kindness, sort of like Parks and Recreation for it went off of the year. Mm. That was also one of my favorites. See, I haven't seen, I have a lot of catching up to do, don't I? Oh my goodness. (laughs) Parks and Recreation had a bunch of like very different humans Mm -hmm. who coexisted and loved each other despite the fact that they were very different. Humans. And that's powerful. Oh, that's yeah. powerful. And we need more of that in our society, don't we? Yes, that's my midnight. So that's the thing I watch before I go to bed mm-hmm. to sort of set my vibe for the evening. Good. So good, those good. are my shows. Yeah, so you had a good weekend as well. Oh, it was lovely. <laughs> I, I laid back and I decided whether I wanted to eat or buy food it was great <laughs> mm, mm, mm. And I, the whole part of the walking in the backyard I love that <laughs> listen you don't always have to go to the park you don't always if you have a backyard for that matter but yeah just getting out and smelling the roses and bringing in the fresh air I heard someone um, once referred to that as getting grounded you know mm-hmm. so um, putting my feet in the grass and you know just kind of taking it all in taking my shoes off putting my feet in the grass and really getting grounded so that's good stuff well and even just standing outside, like what brought me outside was I saw a butterfly. Mm. And I just, I was drawn to the butterfly. Mm. So even if, if you don't have a yard, you know, you can go to a park and sit in nature. You can mm-hmm. stand out in front of your house, move. Mm-hmm. Movement was what I was trying to achieve. Go mm-hmm. to the mailbox. <laughs> yeah. You know, just we're complicated house plants. Mm. We need sun, we need water, we need love. Say it again. That complicated so house plants. Uh, listen, for those who don't know Dr. Tanya, she's always dropping gems. And I'm like, oh my gosh, say that again. And she 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 says it so casual, like it's no big deal. That's how you know it's just natural. But I just feast off of your words daily. So I I I want to write it down, but because we're doing the podcast, I'll get it after the fact and write it down. Complicated house plant. I have never heard that before. Isn't that awesome? All right. So um, I I know we want to jump into the topic where we're talking about breast cancer awareness. Um, I have some stats and some information that we're pulling from National Breast Cancer Foundation Incorporated online. So I just want to give um, credit to where we're pulling some of these sources. But did you know that one in eight women in the United States will be diagnosed with breast cancer in their lifetime? And then it's estimated that um, over 297,000 women and to almost 2,800 men will be diagnosed with invasive breast cancer. I did not know that. And so today we're on campus and we're hosting an event over in the D.C. Dining Cummings with our um, campus um, partner, Debbie, the dietitian, 
who really helped to shed light on that for me as well. She, you know, a lot of times, Tanya, we focus on breast cancer um, just strictly in the topic of women. Mm-hmm. But there are also men who will one day, unfortunately, face as well breast cancer issues. And so Debbie brought that to light um, doing this um, event saying, hey, no, it's not just women, but also men that can be diagnosed and have been diagnosed with breast cancer. So what do you think about those stats? And is this is something new for you? Have you heard that before, both men and women? And what are your thoughts on it? I think that's a really important distinction. I think it's really important to acknowledge that it's not just a woman's issue mm-hmm. because then maybe we'll encourage men to also consider screenings. Yeah. So, you know, I think one of the things that, that's interesting to me is that for myself, and I don't know about for most women, the idea of breast cancer screening wasn't something that was introduced in my house. Mm, same here. You know, no I one, never, yeah, mm-hmm. never heard my mom say it or any, anyone else yeah. or mention the importance of it. This, and this is despite the fact that I have two cousins who had breast, breast cancer and one wow. who died from it. Mm-hmm. No one has ever had a conversation with me around breast cancer, breast cancer awareness, mm-hmm. breast cancer screening, or anything to do with the subject matter. So I'm really glad that, you know, it's a point of conversation. I'm glad there's a month dedicated to it. I'm mm-hmm. sad that the knowledge around it isn't shared more within households and homes. Mm-hmm. You and I were talking about the fact that a lot of physical, even mental health conditions aren't readily discussed. So when you then, then discover it in yourself, someone's like, oh, yeah, your great aunt, Jenny, like, right. this whole time. Yes. This, yes. this whole time, this lay dormant in mm-hmm. my, my family history, and it, it wasn't a point of a conversation mm-hmm. for you. So I'm glad that we're now talking about it, and I'm especially glad that we also know that it is not exclusive to women. You mm-hmm. hear that, men? Yeah. They're listening, and I'm sure a lot of people are like, oh, really? You know, um, why do you think it wasn't spoken? Because like you have said, I, I didn't grow up in a family where they talked about it, and I did have an aunt that was a two-time breast cancer survivor. Um, it wasn't until I started getting, well, I'm not old, but older, and I would see questions when I would go to the doctor, my, just my, you know, local physician for what we consider just our yearly physical and they would ask the question has anyone in your family had x y and z especially you know for breast cancer and a lot of times I couldn't answer those questions and now that my mom is deceased you know um, my father definitely doesn't have the answers but if I were going to ask someone it would be my mom I didn't find out until later on in life with my aunt sharing when she was actually going through it the second time that she had breast cancer so why do you think we're not Obviously, this is not the subject we're going to, you know, gather and talk around the dinner table when having dinner. But why do you think for some many of our families and those who are listening who can identify that we don't have these conversations um, more often than maybe when it's too late? I think oftentimes we don't realize the importance of these types of conversations. Mm-hmm. I think, you know, we don't we also didn't necessarily understand the impact of these things going down the line. Mm-hmm. You know, um, things like breast cancer, depression, all of those things that show up later. And also, you know, if we're honest, especially in, in communities of color, we, we've sort of learned to function under a certain level of suffering. And we, we may not have even been aware of wow. our own history mm-hmm. until something happened. We may not necessarily have been receiving care for something until mm-hmm. something happens. So I think some of it is, you know, A, I didn't think to share this. Mm-hmm. Or B, it was just as much as a surprise to me as it was to you. Mm-hmm. So I, I think there's there are those parts of it that make it difficult. 
Wow. It also says on the National Breast Cancer Foundation um, website that chances are you know at least one person who's been personally affected by breast cancer, and yet we're not having conversations as as often as, as we should. The reason why I say conversation because I believe knowledge is power. If we start to just have conversations and educate ourselves, you know, basic things like mammograms. I can't tell you, you know, well, look, this is just going to be transparent. Um I don't believe I did my first mammogram until I was in my 30s. Mm-hmm. And it was only because when I went to the doctor and they asked, you know, for like a basic physical, they asked you these questions and they said, well, you know, anyone in your family who's had breast cancer? I'm like, you know, I answered the question, yes, because at that, at that time I did know about my aunt. But then they encourage you because of that at a certain age to actually start getting mammograms and to start doing screenings and testing yourself. You know, I didn't even know where the first start of what, you know, what are you supposed to do and how does that screening really look? You know, was that something that you were um, aware of? And, you know, um, how did you stumble upon, you know, screenings? Well, I think actually you you were fortunate in the sense that you 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 because of your history. I'm glad that you had the screening because it was earlier. Mm-hmm. They typically recommend it around age 40 mm-hmm. is when they say you have to have a screening unless you know there's certain circumstances. Um, my certain circumstances that I have fibrocystic breasts, so that means that they're lumpy and like <laughs> hard to not <laughs> yeah like you wouldn't look at me like oh there's a bag of rocks right right but, right <laughs> but on the insides you know there there's they're very dense mm. so it's difficult to see if something is happening in there. So mm-hmm. in my case, my screening sort of like you started earlier because they wanted to be sure that they could catch everything as it was happening. And I get screened maybe twice a year. Mm-hmm. But the truth of the matter is, is if they hadn't told me, hey, girl, you got to get screened, I might not have thought of it. And, you yeah. know, the other interesting part about that, and this is a piece that was really confusing for me, is then they ask the questions. Well, do you do you do month do you do exams. monthly breast exams? Uh, well, and I must be honest, I don't. And I was like, mm, see what happened was, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I yeah I didn't I it wasn't part of something that I thought I needed to do, mm-hmm. you know. And then I've had uh, if I've had at least a couple of scares. Mm-hmm. Because of my fibrocystic breasts, where I've had to have a lumpectomy, mm-hmm. I've had to have like a, a partial, like a, um, a biopsy. needle biopsy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I've had to have a, a few of those things because, mm-hmm. again, they were uncertain. And I can tell you that in those moments when you're having those exams, everything inside me is going, I should have done a breast yes, exam. Yes, indeed. Everything yes, inside indeed. of me is like, I should know, I should know my body mm-hmm. better than this, you know, because those are, you don't want, that that to be the thing that drives you to do the thing mm-hmm. that you need to do for your body. Mm-hmm. So yeah, um, mammograms are important, and now they have even three D mammograms. Yes, and technology has advanced from what I understand so much. Um, prior to you know even in the early nineties, you know the technology that we have now is so much more advanced, which is such a good thing. And then also the resources and. Um, places you can go, you know, should you have to face some of these complications. But I'm right there with you. You know, the ironic thing, just being transparent, I am a bone cancer survivor. Mm -hmm. And so I started getting mammograms earlier because of that, but also because of my family history. And I don't want to say sad thing, but you would think because of my past that I would be a little more alert when it comes to mammograms and, you know, um, 
driven to make sure I get the testing. And it, just the way that my personality is, it's like, oh, if I don't feel anything, I don't have any problems, you know, I'm good with it. And that shouldn't really be the case because things can lay dormant in our bodies and we not even know, you know, that that's the issue. So I just want to encourage the listener, whoever may have a similar personality as me or have had a similar history of me, just to really put emphasis on how important it is to get those mammograms. And as you've said, Tanya, you don't even have to just get it once a year. If you need a double check, you can even get it twice a year. But let's not wait until the last minute, you know, to put ourselves first or um, to, you know, neglect the fact that this is an important issue. And so this is Breast Cancer Awareness Month. We want to make sure that we as women and men are doing our due diligence to see after ourselves and take care of ourselves. So I hope whoever's listening to that, um, that you felt that, that you hear me and that you receive it. And and I also wanted to to encourage Grace. Mm, That part. I want to encourage Grace about the things that we did before we knew better. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> like, new you can't be looking back at old you talking about, mm, I wish you had. Right. Old you didn't know that. Mm-hmm. Old you wasn't aware. Mm-hmm. Old you wasn't informed. Old you did the best that they could when they could. Mm-hmm. You know, and then also this idea of screenings. Um, let's face it. There are a lot of reasons why people don't get screened. Some of it's fear and anxiety. This is true. You know, rather live with what you don't know than find out what you do know. You know, so so that part of it as well is some of the reasons why people don't get screened Mm -hmm. because they have a family history and they're afraid that something's lurking down the road for them. Mm -hmm. You know, you mentioned a statistic a while ago. um, Actually, you read it to me. I don't think you read it to our audience about survival rates. Yes. um, It's saying that when caught in its earliest form, localized stages, the five year relative survival rate is 99 percent. Yeah, that part. Mm-hmm. That's that's the reason why we do it, you know, because what we know we can plan for and we can work on handling what we don't know remains unknown. Mm-hmm. And so having that exam puts you in a position to take care of it sooner mm-hmm. before it gets to be this thing that is uncontrollable and unmanageable. And just know that at every level there are resources and we've come a, f- a long way mm-hmm. in terms of cr- cancer treatment. So mm-hmm. the things that before would have been, uh, you know, the end of the road now are things that they can treat, they can manage, they can help you to to, to um, increase your chances of living around. So that's another reason to definitely get seen. But yeah, the the, the younger version of me who did not truly understand any of it, mm-hmm. <laughs> pointing to my chest. <laughs> the younger version of me that didn't truly understand any of it didn't realize that I needed to check in with my body. Mm-hmm. And you and I have had conversations yes, about have. this idea that my body was foreign to me, you know, and, and as women, our bodies can be foreign to us because, you know, sometimes they're objectified and so forth and so on. But even small things like, you know, oh, I feel this thing. Is it worth checking out versus, ah, Probably the bra. Right. You know, right, so, right. so this is an encouragement not only to do breast exams, but to get to know every area of your body. Mm, that's good. So that when things hurt or feel out of sorts or you're moving the wrong way, that that's an encouragement to, to do a deeper dive. Mm-hmm. So let your breast be where you start with that body relationship and expand it to all of your body. 
And you say something so often to me, Alicia, listen to your body. Mm. You know, you were talking about earlier when we were coming into the studio preparing to record and you were eating, you were bringing your food so that you could eat. And I think you mentioned, you know, I was going to go ahead and power through our interviews today and then eat on the back end. But you said, you said, well, but you know what? I listen to my body and then I thank my body for giving me a warning sign that, hey, you need to take a lunch. You know, don't, don't power through your day and wait to the end to feed yourself, you know, like many of us do. And in some cases, I eat at my desk if, if I get to lunch, right? But listening to our bodies and being respectful to our bodies is so important. And for, again, for those who are listening, especially if you're younger and younger in age than myself and maybe Tanya in the studio, if you learn those best practices now and then incorporate that as a lifestyle, oh, I can only imagine how further you will be as we now, you know, we can't criticize ourselves from the past and it's learning and we're growing and developing but if you learn those best practices now gosh I can only imagine where you'll be later on in life right Mm -hmm. but I'm so grateful for the lesson Mm-hmm. And I'm so grateful that you took time to go ahead and eat that, you know, had your Starbucks and you had your little sandwich. I'm oh, so grateful trust that you me. did that it, in it, front of me. Trust me. Mm-hmm. You don't want hangry me. <laughs> <laughs> you, you don't want her showing up in this space. So the other thing that you mentioned in terms of loving and respecting your body. So I, I don't know about everyone else. But up until like a certain age, my boobs were basically decorations. Yeah. Like, I'm going to say the B word, boobs. Right. My boobs were basically decoration. <laughs> you know, they were things to be held up by Victoria's Secret right. bras. My favorite. And to, make my, and to make my outfits look better. Mm-hmm. You know, I hadn't really thought of them as part of my body in the truest sense of health. Mm, that's good. You know, yeah. and then when I became a mom, there were things to feed other people. Mm-hmm. So again, I really hadn't thought of them in terms of my own health. They were useful. They were utilitarian. Mm-hmm. You know, but they are also part of this system that keeps you alive and healthy. This is true. It's important to pay attention to all parts of you, mm-hmm. not just for the purposes they serve to others, yeah, but for the ways in which they keep you alive and nourished and well. And so to your point, you know, my stomach and I had conversations while I was doing mind body medicine training mm-hmm. and my stomach is like, you know, I'm so over you. <laughs> <laughs> I'm so starving. I'm me. so done with mm-hmm. you. Either you're complaining about me, you're not feeding me. Like, what is your deal, man? <laughs> and then you act confused when right. I don't act right. Yeah, right, right, right. So um, that's just one of the series of conversations that I have with my body about mm-hmm. what it needs. So I do. I get up in the morning. I'm like, what do you need from me today? How can I serve you today? Because you serve me every day. Ooh, that was life changing when you so, shared that with me. I was like, oh my goodness, I told you she drops gems and I just be picking them up. I'm just picking them up and I'm storing them in the bag just in case I need to go back to them. And then if I can't pick it up, then I'm like, let me write that down. How can I best serve you? Mm-hmm. And, you know, working on me for me personally is just working on being more kind to myself. I mean, I have, I would like to think that anybody knows me. I'm all about hope, inspiration, empowerment for many people. You know, but I have to be cognizant of sometimes how I speak to myself and how I treat myself. I'll give you the shirt off my back. I'll give you the world. You know, if you if I'm with you, I'm with you. But sometimes I notice that, you know, we think of um, cruelty, like physically doing something right um, to oneself or someone else. But no, being cruel with skipping lunch or skipping breakfast, if you know that your body needs that or, you're, you know, you're, everybody's not the same. Some people can go without it. You actually don't need it. But for me, I know that I am a breakfast person. I need food. And my son is telling me that but I'll go 
100 miles an hour and by the time I look up it's it's nighttime it's it's dinner time Mm -hmm. so when I say practicing being kind to myself just simple acts like that that really are major and Mm -hmm. they add up you know um, simple things as being cognizant of my, my breasts and saying, hey, I need to, or my boobs, excuse me, on air. Boobs, breasts? Boobs, breasts, I hope that's okay. Boobies. Censor us, um, Wes, if we're out of, out of compliance. Boobs, breasts, boobies. It's breast like. cancer awareness. <laughs> <laughs> um, get your mammogram. Stop putting it off where, you know, oh, because I have an event at work or I have all these meetings that I don't have time to really schedule in the doctor's appointments. You know, no, make it a priority. Make yourself a priority. And I'm learning those things, just full transparency. And I, you know, hope that many of those who are listening, if you can identify with that, put ourselves first because you know what? We can't pour from an empty cup. If we're not making ourselves a number one priority to get our mammograms, men and women, um, to get our physicals annually, then what good are we to our community? What good are we to our families? What good are we to our jobs? And Don't I can go on and on, but and can I tell you, mm. I no longer pour from my cup. I direct you to the source <laughs> because <laughs> because if my cup, if I'm giving you from my cup, mm-hmm. that means I'm gonna have less in my cup. Right. Tell them about the investment bank, so, um, yes. emotional bank that you Absolutely. told me about this weekend. So 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 when you do these things for yourself, you're paying into your self esteem bank. You're building self love capital. Mm. You are making yourself stronger and and whole and healthy in these ways. So, you know, the reason, one of the reasons I put off my mammogram was because I don't like the machines. Like, let's be honest. Now they smash you like a pancake. Oh. Did you, I mean, it's painful Oof. for some of us. Oof. Yes. Well, Oof. all of us really, yeah. Well, smash de- you like and, a pancake. And depending on your endowment, you take some stretching too. So. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> so, so let, let, let's be honest about that part. Mm-hmm. It ain't cute. Right. It ain't fun. But is it worth dying for? No. Is a little bit of discomfort worth dying for? Mm-hmm. And a little bit of scheduling, a priority. Is it worth dying for? No. Is it worth? Is it worth your life? Mm. You know, as 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 female-bodied humans, we do a lot of things that are uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. Spanks, high heel shoes, <laughs> yes, bras. Come on. Like, let's not pretend discomfort yes. is foreign, foreign to us. <laughs> right. You know, but we choose to do the things that are uncomfortable because we think there's some benefit to them. Mm. So, yes, you know, it is it, it is uncomfortable. I'm not going to lie to you. Mm. It, they, I think they should give you, like, frequent flyer discs. They could you give know, tickets and prizes yeah, after a certain amount. After you get through doing that. And yeah. I'm thinking, did a man invent this mammogram machine? You know, because they did invent the heels and all these. Man. Like, who came up with this that you're going to smash us man. like a pancake? Man. But we have to do it, don't we? Listen. Like, a man had to, I don't know, I'm going to research and find out <laughs> for <laughs> who invented the mammogram machine and can we, you know, advance? And I'm told we have just a few minutes left of this episode, yeah. but I do want to kind of leave us on a positive note and then yes. tell y'all that you'll close us out. It states here again on the National Breast Cancer Foundation um, website that um, 3.8 million breast cancer survivors uh, there are over excuse me 3.8 million breast cancer survivors in the United States so if that doesn't give us hope I don't know what is so if you happen to be facing um, a scare or going through the biopsies and the the screenings and things of that nature just to give you a little a nugget of hope is that there are over 3.8 million breast cancer survivors in the United States now currently and that's a a major statistic compared to when we were early um, 80s and 90s and things of that nature so you know do it for you, man, because you're worth it. Mm-hmm. Do it for you because you're worth it. You know, learn to understand your body so that you can be of service to each other for the rest of your life. You only get the one. Mm-hmm. You only get the one. 
You know, if this were a vehicle, you can't be crashing it into walls and driving over bricks. You, you take care of it. Take care of this vehicle that is your body. Uh, take care of it the, wood, the way you would anything that is precious to you. You only get the one. Make it count. For more Let's Talk UNLV, be sure to follow us on social media where you can get the latest updates on the show plus great behind-the-scenes content. We're on Facebook at Let's Talk UNLV Podcast, Twitter at Let's Talk UNLV, and Instagram at Let's Talk UNLV Pod.